0: Romans, this is out of the International, Romans 8.31, and it's titled in my Bible, More Than Conquerors. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him, graciously give us all things. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died, more than that, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more Then conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord.
1: As you can see, we're taking a little bit of a hiatus from the book of James this morning. Just um, really felt the Lord leading me that direction this week. I kind of feel like the father who was in the mountains of Scotland years ago, and he took his young son high up into the mountains where there was a view of God's creation 360 degrees in every direction. And he just told his son, he's like, look to the north and look to the south and look to the east. And look to the west, and everywhere you look, you see God's love everywhere you look. says, well, then, Dad, we must be right in the middle of it all. And I feel like that's where my heart is this morning, that the Scripture says nothing can separate us from the love of God, not a single thing on this earth. And we are right in the middle of the love of God. And sometimes it's hard because our view isn't what the Father's view was on that day with his son. We may not be on the mountaintop. We may feel like we're in the depth of the valley, and it's hard to see, but we still are surrounded by an incredible God who loves us supremely. And so with the Lord's help, I just want for a few minutes this morning before my cough overtakes me to just share that we are in the middle of God's love, and I hope you felt that as we worship together. I was just saying about a rock that we can depend on, that we have something to trust in and believe in that is so much more powerful than we are. And then after the message this morning, we're going to sing shout to the Lord all the earth. And it is my hope and prayer that as we sing together that we can shout the praises of the Lord together this morning. There are four ways that we're going to look together at how God's love permeates our life, and it is just something that I've been meditating on this week, and some difficult days for us that have been a reminder to me of how God loves me, and we're just going to journey together through that as as I have this week, and one of the first thing, and there are a lot of other ways than the four that we're going to share to talk about how much God loves us, but these are the four the Lord has for us today. And the first idea that we're going to discuss this morning is that God's love is premeditated. God's love is premeditated. The Bible says it this way in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God demonstrates his own love for us in this that while we were still sinners, he died for us. While we were still broken, why we were still lost, why we were still going to be born with a sinful nature. God decided he loves us so much that he would send his son before we were even born, knowing full well the direction we would take in our life, that he would lay down the life of his son in order to prove to us, to demonstrate to us how much he indeed would love us. Um, You've heard it said that you were a twinkle in your mother's eye, but I thought this week, uh, hopefully you were a twinkle in your mother's eye. Maybe later on in your life it was a different kind of fire that you saw besides a twinkle, but we all were a twinkle in our mother's eye But I thought this week that before, long before any of that, we were a twinkle in the eye of the Holy Spirit. Even though he knew the bad choices we would make, even though he knew we would be born with a sinful nature, there was something in the heart of God that loved so premeditatedly that he was going to lay down the life of his son before the fact. Before the fact. And it wasn't because of the good that we could do It wasn't because of the good works that we would perform after we gave our heart to Jesus. It was merely the fact that we needed him and that he loved us from the very beginning, no matter what choices we would ever make in our life. And he made that choice from the beginning. He was set. The rock was set to make this choice, no matter what you and I would ever choose. Aren't you grateful this morning? that even though God knew some of the mess-ups you would get in, even though God knew ahead of time the sin that you would involve yourself, even though God would know the rebellion and the attitude, the, the sometimes the distance that we place between our heart and God, even though he saw all of that coming for centuries and for eternity in advance, he still decided, he predetermined to love us no matter what. No matter what mountaintop you may be on or what valley you are in, his love is still as strong as it has ever been. And he decided from the very beginning, it was the course that he would take because it is the nature of who he is to love without any kind of determination except that he's just going to flat out love. And I've been meditating on that this week that people let us down. We get hurt. Life throws us curveballs. And sometimes the reaction is to have a different kind of heart than the heart of God. When we react to life circumstances, we think of all of our emotions and all of our feelings about how we feel about the way life has gone, and it has been a reminder to me that while I was in the middle of, of the worst of my decisions, God had nothing but love for me. Even when I was locked in my rebellion, God still loves me, and he always will. And while I was still a sinner, not only did he decide that he was gonna love me, but that then he, he subjected himself to the cross so that I would know how much I am loved. It's a reminder to you and I, no matter what choices we ever make, he's still loving us today. He predetermined that through it all, no matter where we go and what we do, his love would continue on through it all. Through the eye of the storm, through the darkest valley, through through the driest moment of our soul. He said, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna stick with you and I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never let you down not a single time, and he set his heart upon us for us to be with us so that we would know the matter where we go or what we do, his love would reign supreme. So God's love is premeditated. Another thing we want to look at together is that God love, God's love is purposeful, and we could rephrase that. God's love has a purpose not only just to let us know that we are loved, but there was something that God had to do because of the premeditation because he knew that our heart was bent towards sin, there need to be a debt and a price to be paid in order to bring us to a place of freedom in our life. We all know John chapter 3.16 so well. It says, God decided to love us so that he gave his only begotten son so that because he wanted everyone to believe in him, so that never perish but have everlasting life. That is the reason that Jesus came. Not just so that we could hear a message about God's love, not just that we could feel his love in our life, but that we could know salvation. We could know freedom from the sin that has has stained our life. We could know God's forgiveness so that that our sins could be cast away as far as the east is from the west. In God's heart and mind, those things would be forgotten not just today, not just tomorrow, but forever. And we would be forever free in his love and his care, peace that God has brought that can never be taken away. Peace, the Bible says, that even passes our ability to fully comprehend. But there is a purpose in Jesus' coming so that all mankind would know intimately in their own heart and life the freedom that Jesus brings when we accept his Son as our Savior and Lord. I said last Sunday that we live in a culture that is becoming increasingly religious. Another article I read last week said that there are now more witches in the United States than any time in our history. We also can turn on the news just about any day and hear how in our growingly religious world and country, Christianity is being snuffed out in a greater and greater way. But Jesus has come for a purpose in order to set men free from the darkness that surrounds us. And he's come to set us free in our own life from anything that might entangle us and give us a hope and a promise to have everlasting life. I know that you've heard people say this before, but sometimes it may just be in our life that the hope of heaven is the only hope that we have to hold on to. The hope that when Jesus forgives and God forgets, that there is a promise of an eternal home that far outweighs any pain or, or trial that we face in this world and in this life because God had us planned for the next. Jesus said in his own words, do not be afraid. In a sense, don't let what you're going through now or what you don't understand or what you don't know how to process or you don't know how to face or go through, don't let it overwhelm you so much that you forget that, guys, I'm going to leave you now, but there's a reason why I'm going on purpose so that I can spend the next couple thousand years or however long it's going to be making an eternal home for you that will far outweigh, well, Paul said any of the dunghill stuff that you and I face in this life is just not even going to be compared to the glory that is going to be found in the good things that God is doing just beyond the veil of our horizon. And so Jesus simply says, when the veil seems to hide his lovely face, I'm gonna trust in his unending grace. Through there any storm or gale, My anchor holds within the veil. And the trial for you and I is when the darkness of the veil seems so black that we cannot sense his love or remind, remember the purpose of why Jesus came and it was to bring us freedom and deliverance, and hope, and peace, and joy, and love. And so the Lord has said to me this week in the darkness of the veil of life, love surrounds you, Peter. I am everywhere you look. Just remember that, and if it just doesn't even seem there to be visible, remember there's another side to the veil that only glory can reveal. And I remember the words of that old gospel song, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. It will be worth it all. Because he's come with a purpose to redeem us. And sometimes it seems in the middle of this dark veil of life or the valley of the shadow of death that we get in such a survival mode that we we forget our purpose. We forget, uh, you know, earlier what we learned in the book of James that Our sufferings have a purpose, to to make us more like Jesus, to draw us closer to his heart and to refine our hearts to be more like him. But God's love is premeditated. Long before the storm, long before the darkness of the veil, God decided to love us with an everlasting love because there's a purpose for our life. To surrender to him, to live for him, to bring glory and honor to his name so that others Trapped in the darkness of the veil of their circumstances, would know the solid rock and trust and cling to Him because someone else in the middle of their storm came alongside Him as the waves were crashing around them and grabbed hold of them and said, "It's going to be all right because I know the One who's for us, and because He is for us, no man or force can stand against us." Thirdly this morning, we see about God's love that it is powerful. And there, all of the other verses that we've looked at could fit this part. It was uh, just amazing to me as I studied the passages this week that these are many times interchangeable. There's so so much depth to the word about what it means that God loves us. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 35 of the verses that Ted read to us, it says, and it's asked as a question, Who can separate you from the love of God? Can any kind of trouble separate you from the love of God? Can any kind of hardship take you away from his presence? Can any kind of persecution that you might face in your life or any kind of famine or nakedness or fear of death, danger of the sword? Then he quotes a passage that says, basically, we all face death all day long and worry what day might be our last. Many of us may be in the darkness of the veil of life. And then Paul just celebrates in verse 37. And I'd shout it as loud as I could, but I'd start coughing and not get anything out. (laughs) But hear the shout in Paul's exclamation answer to his question, can anything take God's love from us? Well, we could just start with the first word, no, and scream that out all by itself. Now you think about Paul's journey. Shipwrecked, left for dead, beaten multiple times. I mean, you name it, that man has been through it. I mean, I read a study of what it must have been looked like to see Paul in person near the end of his life and pretty much imagine a man going through the meat grinder a few dozen times. It's no wonder that he had someone write his final letters. And yet this man says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who has loved us. And then verse 30, he says, you know, my life story has convinced me because of God's love that death, nor anything we face in life can ever separate us from God's love. There's not a spiritual force on this earth that can take away his love from us. Nothing happening in the moment nor anything that would ever happen in the future. There's not a power on earth that can take God's love from us. There's not a height or a depth or anything. If I forgot to mention something, basically, (laughs) there's nothing else out there that you could imagine or go through or face or be in the middle of that will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the Holy Spirit said to me through this week, let's go to the mountaintop of my word. If there's no no other mountaintop in your life this week, let's go to the mountaintop of God's word. Ever thought of God's word like that? The mountaintop of spiritual wisdom. The mountaintop where so many times in the Old Testament, God took the children of Israel, and what did he do to the leaders there? He spoke to them. The mountaintop of the word of God. And he said to me, Pete, there's nothing that can ever happen. Today, tonight, tomorrow, by anyone or anything, That will change the way I feel about you. That will change the fact that I chose before any of this ever happened to love you. Because I have a purpose in all this mess. To bring glory out of your life, out of your story, out of your testimony. And nothing's gonna stop me. That's how God feels about our life. You know what? Nothing's going to stop me from his purpose in our life. God sounds pretty determined, doesn't he? To have his way in you and with you and through you. But sometimes we're like the uncertain followers. Walking through the valley of the shadow and behind every rock there might be a potential enemy. And there may be. The darkness just seems, as that song says, to totally wiped out any sense of God's intervention or presence or power in us. And yet through it all, God continues to love us. And I think he understands that it's hard sometimes to sense and feel what really is the greatest force in all the world. But he's determined to stay his course with you and I. Paul says there's nothing that can take me away from you. And Then lastly this morning, I took a gardening term. Aren't you proud of me for you flower, flower people out there? I had to look it up just to make sure it was in that of context because I didn't want to insinuate that after a couple of years, God would die. God's love is perennial. All you flower people are like, hey, I like that. You're awake now. But the dictionary definition of perennial is something that, that never stops coming back. It lasts for all of eternity. It will just keep on being there no matter what season it is, no matter what the weather's like outside, no matter the storm that's going inside. <clears throat> God's love is a steadfast, eternal love. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 10 <clears throat> says it this way. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed. That sounds like pretty serious stuff right there. Those of you who've ever studied what happens when an earthquake comes, or an avalanche or a mudslide, and literally everything that's on the face of the earth is removed. Or we might paraphrase this and say when it feels like life is just turned upside down and... You know, that globe of your life is just being shook so hard that everything that was rooted has fallen and it's just swirling around and you don't know. That may happen, Isaiah said. But then his words, but God's steadfast love will not depart from you and my covenant of peace shall never be removed, says the God who has compassion on you. And this morning it is, for me, just a reminder that these are God's words. And Paul says, there's not a force on this earth that can change them. Nor their meaning, nor their purpose, nor the plan that God has for them. Nor can they foil the way the Holy Spirit wants to speak to each and every one of us about what they mean for us. There's nothing that can be done about God loving. You know there's a time in my life where I didn't want God to love me. I wanted nothing to do with him. I wanted to make my own plan and make my own way. <laughs> and it wouldn't matter what anybody said or done. I I didn't I didn't care. I didn't want his love. But he decided ahead of time to love me still. Aren't you glad he did that for you? <laughs> when those were those moments in your life where it was like, nope, don't need it, don't want it, don't have time for it, I got better things to do than than the most important thing. And yet he still loved on because he had a purpose to change who we are. He had a purpose. He sent his son to give us freedom, to give us salvation, to give us the hope of everlasting life, that even though things are out of control on the outside, God's word and presence and power reigns true on the inside. And God's love is powerful. Have you ever been knocked up the head by life, then turned upside down and then thrown face first in the mud? It's like the devil kind of stomps you around and reminds you that, hey, Life is really hard sometimes. And Jesus just simply says, there's nothing that can take my love away from me. And I wonder this morning if there's someone out there who just feels like they've, they're in that snow globe of life that just has been shook so hard. Everything that you thought was secure and stable and right is just around. And it feels like it's never going to stop buildings are crashing into each other and it is just it is just a mess from the man who had been left for dead beaten shipwrecked and about every other thing you can imagine he says i've been through everything that i can think of and his love is still there and let's ask the Holy Spirit to take us to the mountaintop of his word and just look around at the promises that God says to us that if you return to me and to my word to listen to my voice, I'll always be there. I'll always be there. It's a powerful love that no force on the earth can quench and it's love that will last forever. Has someone ever let you down? Has life ever hurt? Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever wondered about everything you thought was true may no longer be true ever again the way that you've known it before? And asa reminds the children of Israel who have seen a lot of change in their, in their history. <coughs> God's love will be a steadfast force that no one can move and it will never depart from you. My covenant and my promise I cannot break. It is not in my nature. Says the God who has compassion on you. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come and get ready to lead us in this closing song. But for that, and I'm going to pray for us. (coughs) Lord, I thank you for the word today, and I thank you that, whether it's something we're going through physically or (coughs) emotionally that we just can't maybe share these words with the passion that we wish we could, the truth of them is still there, and it still shouts loudly out to our hearts, that there's no force on this earth that can take us away from the God who gave everything to show us how much he loves us. And I just pray, Lord, that we would stand today in this powerful, predetermined love that can never die (coughs) and live for you and, and hold true to your promises and hold trusting on to your care and stand on your name. Lord, however it is that we can shout this morning, Let's do it, Lord, for your glory.